the restaurants you love, the food you crave, and the people that make it all happen. We tell their stories on the Paper Trails podcast with Albemarle Paper Supply. What's going on, guys? How are you? Welcome back to episode seven, season three of the Paper Trails podcast. I am very pumped and excited to have our guest, Carlos Abrahams with Craven Caribbean out of Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, to just talk business, talk food, uh, talk about your company, how you started, kind of all the ins and outs. Uh, super pumped. A little bit of a hiatus. Apologize. Christmas, fourth quarter gets a little busy for restaurants. Absolutely. And so, um, but we're excited. We're back. 2024 is here. And we're excited to have a number of guests on for you guys to just learn more about the food space and restaurants and food trucks and kind of the, the whole industry. So uh, thanks for coming on, brother. Appreciate, appreciate you. you. So um, yeah, let's just start with this, uh, Carlos. Let's talk a little bit about maybe your background, how you ended up even considering, you know, uh, having your shop, you know, Craven Caribbean. All I mean, you guys have phenomenal product. You know, I've heard from other friends of mine about what you guys do, you know, which is awesome. Um, it's always a good thing when there's so much popularity around what you do that you learn from other people, you know, influencers and such. And so um, have you always been into food? How, how, did, how did everything come about? Um, so I got into food because of my mom. So okay. watching her cook growing up is where I developed the passion for it. But I didn't really take it seriously until I got out of the Marine Corps. Okay. Appreciate you serving. Thank you. Appreciate how was that, the Marine Corps? It was good. Definitely you liked it? Difficult? Absolutely. I would do it again. Difficult, but it's worth it. Love it. Love it. Okay. And are you from North Carolina, from Charlotte? Like where no. You- so originally I was born in Kingston, Jamaica. I lived in New York for a short stint. Um, lived majority of my time in Wilmington, Delaware. Okay. And um, the Marine Corps is what brought me to North Carolina. So I was stationed in uh, Cherry Point, which okay. is in Havelock, North Carolina. Okay. And I figured you liked it enough that you stayed? Uh, I didn't really like it enough that I stayed. It's kind of just opportunities came by. Okay. So after I got out of the military, I got into the car business. So I was selling cars, did really well at that. Okay. Um, had an opportunity to become a manager at a Honda dealership there. And then kind of stuck around because of that. Okay. So Marine Corps, car business, all nothing in food so far. No, did you work in restaurants growing up at all or no? No. no. So literally just your mom's kind of home cooking and yes. kind of was like the, the, the inspiration. Yes. Okay. So had it. Okay. So you're doing well, you're at a dealership, you're managing a store, whatever, you know, how, what, how did the thought of even, you know, having, getting into the food space even come up? How, how what, what was it? So it was a few things. So, um, one, my wife at the time, she wanted to like, like do something here in Charlotte. So she had a salon in, uh, in, in New Bern, North Carolina. Okay. And then she was also traveling here to do here. So okay. she ended up liking Charlotte. We talked about it a few times. And I, I liked what I was doing in the car business, but I was it was kind of getting to that point where I felt like something was missing. Didn't really know what it was. Okay. So it was kind of her push, and we just decided to move here to Charlotte in 2019. Okay. And then um, I got cold feet, got back into the car business. And then January of 2020 is when I decided, like, I'm going full force. So I quit that job. Okay. And went into just selling plates full time. Selling what? Selling plates. Oh, oh, oh food. Individual okay. plates. But, okay, so you were already doing a little bit of it on the side or no? No, I wasn't doing anything on the side. So I literally just stopped cold turkey. Well, how, how, how did the thought even come up of like, let me get like in the food business? Um, because it's something I've always wanted to do. So I've always cooked at home and doing different things like that and just posting on social media and just getting feedback from that. And then she also knew at the time it's something that I really wanted to do. So, you know, she was like, okay, just go ahead and take the leap of faith. So there was a little inspiration like yes. kind of throughout your life, a little interest Yes. But nothing full blown where you're like, all right. Yeah. So just so literally from home cook to selling plates. Yes. 
Okay. Yeah. All right. Love it. So tell us about um, that. I mean, starting a business. Like, did you know how to start a business? Because, you know, I, I guess our story as well, my cousin, we were 22 and 18 when we started, you know, our distribution company. And um, man, to say we were lost <laughs> would be an understatement. You know, we just didn't know what we were getting our into. Um, <clears throat> you were a little more seasoned. You've worked at a couple of different spots. You had done well. What was it like kind of starting over again from scratch? You know, it was I, rough. It was rough. I mean, okay, <laughs> here's why I, I kind of want you to dive in a little bit into it, because there's people that are listening right now that want to, that want to make a jump, that want to maybe they're stuck, stuck in a career and jumping off or climbing off the ladder and climbing a new ladder is really scary. It's not easy. You're starting over. You know, you are going to take a pay cut. You know what I mean? Like, what were your thoughts on it? What were the feelings that you had? What were the experiences? Did you want to give up? Did you push through? Did you hit some walls? Give us, give us a little kind of a little taste of that. So definitely wanted to give up a few times. So um, especially talking about the car business at that time when I got out of the Marine Corps and I first got in the car business, I was working at a Cadillac dealership. Um, doing really well there. I ended up being one of the top salespeople. So that's why I got recruited to the Honda dealership. So I'm there doing good. My first time ever making six figures. So that was kind of hard. So Lily moving from that and then jumping into say, hey, I'm going to drive around the city and sell a place full time in Charlotte. Everybody told me I was crazy. So I went from making a little bit over 100,000 that first when I was working in the car business. Sure. To my first, first year driving around Charlotte selling plates, I barely scratched 40K. So there was definitely times I wanted to give up. Sure. There was times where I had to throw away food, um, but I just keep I had to keep on pushing through it. Like I had a goal. I had a mission. I would drive around and deliver to people for free. Yeah. I was doing anything to get my name out there. I was going to barbershops, nail salons, dealerships, anywhere that I knew that people could not leave for lunch every single day. I was, you know, trying to fill that void. And that's, that's kind of how we built it it's up. It's pretty smart. Yeah. That's, a, that's a pretty clever way, you know, just finding a niche and finding an audience that's a captive audience that you can kind of go and talk to and kind of get your name out there. And yes. so, um, yeah, I mean, it, man, listen, in the beginning, you're willing to do anything yes. to get your name out there, your brand, your food, you know, all that stuff. So. Um, so year one was difficult. Okay. Um, talk about year two. Like, what are some things that you learned starting out your first six to 12 months? Is there anything that kind of stands out to you? Things that you learned about yes. the business, operating a business? Because it's, you know, I, I guess I've realized this, there's a difference between like just making good food and then running a business and keeping it profitable, right? Yes. What are some things that you learned kind of in both those areas about food, plating, distribution, deliveries, and then also running a business, staying profitable, price point, stuff like that? Yep. So I learned um, price point is very important. When I first started out driving around selling plates, it was easy because I didn't have any overhead really. So it was just you. Other than it was just me and then other than the food that I was getting, you yeah. know, so I was selling plates for $10. Didn't really realize that I wasn't, I wasn't making any money until the end of the year when I realized, okay, I made this amount, but then, you know, you scratch 40K, but then you still have to subtract what you spent from that. So yeah, really, so it's it 40K in sales, yeah, not, not 40K income. 40K in sales. So gotcha, income. gotcha. Okay. So really when I looked at it, I'm like, okay, I really didn't make anything. I probably yeah. really lost money when I added gas and everything like that. Yeah. So learning over time, I learned that, okay, I had to set my standards and make sure my quality is there. So setting standards and then learning pricing. So that's when I really started learning and diving deep into like, okay, how do restaurants operate? Like, 
okay, you want to be in the 20 to the 33% range as far as food costs. Yeah. So learning stuff like that and just digging deep, like watching YouTube videos, learning from other restaurateurs. Like yeah. I follow Pinky Cole a lot, seeing how she marketed herself. So then I learned how to market myself. So mm. marketing myself, I learned that first before anything else, to be honest. I didn't really understand the numbers. I'm still learning today. Sure. But along the way, I didn't really understand the numbers. It was really just marketing myself and setting my pricing. So for that and our quality that we kept on putting out, people like it. Word of mouth gets out there, social yeah. media. Yeah. Um, and then the presentation. So a lot of people <clears throat> will just look and see our pictures online and like, okay, I want to try that. And then from there, you just kept on, keep on learning every day. Yeah. So it's, I mean, you were, you were attacking multiple different angles. Yes. Branding pricing, learning, YouTube, you're mimicking other people. I mean, so you were doing what you could to just get your name out there, but non-negotiable was quality of food, yes. plating, presentation, all that stuff. And so, um, yeah, so I mean, I, I, I bet, I mean, listen, first off, you said you're still learning. We're all still learning. Yes. You know what I mean? I mean, we're 15 years in and we're like, Dang, I didn't know that, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I love that. So year one, going into year two, Things got smoother. You got busier. You know, anything year two. I mean, you, you guys started when? How you know? How long ago did you guys start? So officially in a in a physical location, we started July of 2021 is when we I started operating out of City Kitch. So two two years ago, you know, a little over. Yes. Um, what are some things that you learned from year two? Anything stands out to you? Maybe like that you started dialing in and you're like, okay, cool. Or yes. or you know, so you moved into City Kitch. It was, which, which is a commissary where, you know, you can actually rent like a kitchen. Um, so did, did, did you notice that like you needed a space? Like was it, you know, did that, how did that happen? Like yes. you were... we noticed that we needed a space because um, what happened is after a while I'm starting to drive around and selling place all these different places and then I'm getting like more and more calls. And I'm like, okay, at some point I can't keep up because one, yeah. I'm doing it out of my house. I only have but so much space to cook. Exactly. So I was like, I need more equipment, things like that. So as the man grew, I was like, okay, I'm just gonna take a leap of faith. I didn't really know for sure how it was gonna work out. Sure. And then from there, um, I pretty much picked up and started doing it out of the kitchen by myself. Then I hired Alex, who was now my general manager, but he started off with me part-time. But now he runs the Charlotte location. Um, and year two was a drastic difference. Okay, from, tell us, like what happened in year so two? So year two, I think we did in sales, it was like 242. Wow. Yeah, that's we got five x like you know yes. tremendous difference. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so uh, was that just because people are starting to learn you and your product and your business and your brand? Was, yes. you know, was there you know any any other thing that maybe just kind of helped you guys? Yeah, so I was learning more about like marketing. So I re I really went into like heavy on social media. So okay. 2022 we did about 242, and I'm just like learning. Okay, social media is where it's at. This is what is this was helping. Perfect. Us. Um, and then I think at that point too, 2022 is when um, our oxtail cheesesteak went viral. Okay. Um, so is that, is, that, is that what you're famous now? Yeah, like that's what, what we're you're... known for. Okay. So that's what we're known for. So we've always been known for oxtail. Um, the first time is when it really started taking off is we did a collaboration with um, another a food truck here called Mariah's Taco Spot. Okay. And we did oxtail tacos. Okay. So what we did was... Um, of course, I would cook the oxtail, and we actually blended the burrito with the oxtail gravy for the dipping sauce. Okay. So that kind of went crazy, and this had both of us going viral all throughout the city. And then um, shortly after that, we dropped the oxtail cheesesteak, and then that went super viral. So that's what really blew us up for 2022 and why we were able to do that. And then from, I'll basically say this, from 2022 to 2023, we've, like, grown 300% from 2022. That's amazing. 
So I, I, I like the idea of like collaborating, partnering, working with, I mean, it's just, you know, I, I guess if, if, if someone's listening to this, you know, yes, you have to work in the business, but I think sometimes, Carlos, you know, if you agree with this, you have to work on the business. Yes. Like you have to step a couple steps back and look at like, okay, what do we need? How can we grow? How can we continue branding? What can help us go viral and make us known? Because restaurants is competitive, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like, I mean, especially in Charlotte, Mecklenburg County, there's hundreds of restaurants that open every single year, you know? So you've got to find a competitive edge and advantage. And so um, I really like that you guys were creative and were like, you know what? But how did you even, okay, so you did the, the, the Oxtail collab and then how did the cheesesteak idea come about? So the cheesesteak came about was, um, the thing about oxtail is after you cook it for a while, and if this has been sitting in the warmer after a while, because you're cooking it down to be tender, it's gonna start falling off the bone at some point. So we were trying to figure out ways to reduce waste. So at the time, I was talking to my friend, Daily Special, Corey. Oh yeah, 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 okay, okay. We were talking one night, he was like, he was like, man, you gotta do something else with it. You know, you already did the tacos, you should do a sandwich. And I was like, oh, perfect. I used to live in Delaware and I traveled back and forth to Philly a lot, so I was like, okay, how can you flip the Philly cheesesteak? And I was like, we'll just put the oxtail meat in it. So we did that, put the oxtail in there. And this is another thing I'll tell you if you're an entrepreneur, especially in the in the restaurant industry space, uh-huh. is stop waiting for perfection and just post your content. I love that. Because that video, I didn't do any editing. I didn't, I didn't think about it, anything. Like it was literally like a five second video I took of it. And I honestly didn't like the way the sandwich looked. Um, mm-hmm. I picked the sound on TikTok and I posted it. And then next thing you know, I wake up the next morning, it's 100,000 views, 200,000, 300,000. And next thing you know, it's at 3 million. And that catapulted us. And I've, I've spent time editing videos and doing different things. Yeah. And that video mm-hmm. that literally took me no time is the one that went viral. So you have to just continuously promote yourself because you never know. Yeah. And we just found our niche and we kind of stuck with it. It's like, okay, Oxtel is the move. So we just started doing a bunch of different flips with Oxtel. And like, literally, like I said, from 2023, like, from 2022 to 2023, we've gone 300%. So we were like 100K away from hitting a million in sales last year. That's awesome, bro. That's awesome. I mean, and I, you know what? There's so much truth to what you just said right now about, you know, there's, a, there's a, something that I say to like some friends of mine where people tend to overthink. Now, listen, is it good to have good quality content? Sure. Is it good to? Sure. But I think sometimes we overanalyze, we overthink, we try to perfect absolutely everything. And it's like, you know what? Act first, think second. Don't overthink some stuff. You know what I mean? Just, just now, I mean, if it's a big decision, okay, think about it. We're not, we're not saying jump to any conclusions and, you know, but there's something to just taking action that nothing else can, can overtake it, right? Like just taking action. Like, just start. If you want to get healthier, if you want to start a, a side business landscaping, just buy a lawnmower, borrow a lawnmower, just do, make a post, make a fly, just just do, right? And so um, I think there's a lot of wisdom in that, to be yeah. honest with you, man. I, I feel like that's kind of how I feel sometimes. Yeah. It's like, I don't know exactly how to navigate what I want to do, but I know where I want to go. Yeah. I want to increase numbers, increase revenue. I want to hire some people to make my life a little easier. I want to help this person out, you know, whatever. It's like, just go. Go and we'll just say yes and we'll figure it out, right? Yeah. Anything you want to add to that? or is- I just say just post your content. You, it's good to have a mixture of it because we have 
we have videos that we've had, you know, professionally shot as well. Sure, but sure. it's just about having the mixture. It's about getting started. I think a lot of the times, especially when you're passionate about something, Love that. you're shooting for that perfection. But as someone that strives for perfection every single day, yes. I'm telling you that you're not always going to get it. And sometimes you just have to put it out there because we tend to think of things from our perspective, but you have to think about what the customer wants to see. Yeah. And a lot of the times they're scrolling on social media and seeing a whole bunch of stuff that doesn't look like anything any day. So if you just find a way to catch their attention, yeah, that's all you really need. That's it's all true. about captivating your audience. And that's once true. you do that, then it changes everything. I love that. I love that. Um, okay, so you guys are growing. You have a brand now. I think you guys are, are looking at other locations. Is that, so is that right? we have two locations now. We have Charlotte and then Greensboro. Okay. So we just opened up the Greensboro location November 18th of last year. Okay. And then... Now, now, tell us about your thought process there. Did you just realize that, okay, I can only do so much out of one location. We got to divert. What, what, you know, what was your mindset between, you know, having a second location? Customer demand. So we have a lot of customers that drive from Greensboro wow. all the time. So, um, and then they kept on telling us on social media, hey, we drove from Greensboro today. Hey, we drove. When are you going to open a location in Greensboro? So, so many people kept on asking about it. It was like, okay, well, maybe it's time. So my goal was based on for like my own thought process. I was like, okay. If I can see that Charlotte's doing a certain amount of revenue by this date, then we'll shoot for Greensboro. Now, my goal was to be open for two years before we did that because I wanted to make sure that just in case Greensboro didn't take off right away, Charlotte would have enough revenue to be able to function Love and, that. and keep up with both locations Love until that. we get it where we need to be. You know what, that, Carlos, I think that's something that a lot of owners sometimes don't think about. You know, I mean, you got, you got to take calculated risks. Does that make sense? Yes. And it's like, um, you know, like, I think sometimes we 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 overbite. We're over. We going to over leverage ourselves, and then which is when you get caught sometimes. Because you know what? No business is one hundred percent up all the time. I mean, there's there's ebbs and flows in anything, and it's like you don't want to get caught. You know, yes. you don't want to be able to pay your staff or just you know develop any kind of reputation like that. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, so I love that. That's awesome. Question real fast. I want I want to take it back a little bit. Do you think there's anything that you learned in the military? that maybe has helped you as an entrepreneur? I'm not just curious for myself absolutely, now. Absolutely, what, punctuality what, is the biggest thing. So like one thing for me is, especially when we have caterings, my staff knows I'm very easy to work with, but when it comes to caterings, I don't play. I mean, everyday operations is the same thing, but we're never late for a catering. Like if you if you need us to be there by 11, uh -huh. we're gonna be there by 10.30 set up. Like we don't play that. Cause I think that helped me from the military a lot because there was always a thing about being 15 minutes prior to 15 minutes prior. Yeah. So like for me, it shows the customer one, you value their time and it's very important. And they're most likely gonna book you again. If you're already there and you're ready and they see that, it just shows a, le a different level of professionalism that they're gonna like really respect you for and wanna book you again. Yeah, I mean, listen, there's a, there's a thing to be, I love that. There's a thing about being punctual on time. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't wanna like, I don't, you know, I don't want to be like this. Old. I mean, first off, I'm not old, but like this guy that says, oh, the next generation, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. no, but like, yes, there is a, a respect of time when you, when someone orders a big meal and wants you to cater it and they're like, hey, listen, we got like, you know, we have meetings, this and that. And then bam, you know, we're having lunch scheduled at this time for 45 minutes, whatever. They expect you to be ready, right? Yes. So you said 50 minutes before the 50 minutes. Was it 30 minutes early? Is, yeah. Is, so, is that what's yeah, taught in the military? Yeah that's, yeah, that's what's taught in the military. So basically... What you would have is you have different levels of chain of command, right? So you might have your staff NCO. So it might come from the top where they say, hey, 
formation is going to be at 10 a.m. Okay. Your staff NCO is going to tell us that we need to be there at uh, 0945. Then the NCO is going to tell you that you need to be there at 0930. <laughs> so that's where the 15 minutes prior to 15 minutes prior comes. Is Whatever time they tell you, they're going to add 15 minutes onto it. So okay. you're always going to be early for whatever the time that you were told. So. I did not know that. That's hilarious, yeah. though. That's, that's good. I love that. Okay. Um, that's awesome, man. Okay. So, so obviously some military stuff. I love that, you know, punctual, uh, work ethic, I'm sure, you know, but, um, cool, man. Okay. So if somebody wants to ha try something from your spot, what is the number? I'm, I'm assuming the cheesesteak, the cheesesteak, the Oxtail cheesesteak. Yeah. That's the number one, um, seller, seller right now. Okay. Um, pretty much anything I still on our menu, but we also do have, a, um, an infusion dish that we did the Oxtail fried rice. And the cool thing about that is um, we have a bunch of different topping options where people love. So you can get it topped with jerk lamb chops. You can get it topped with more oxtail. You can get it topped with jerk shrimp. Um, there's a bunch of different combinations that we have that that's taken off. And that's probably really growing to be like our, our number two right now. So our oxtail plates, of course, are number two as far as sales right now. Just love it. People love it. And it's yeah. a big hefty plate. So you get a lot of food. Love it. Love yeah, it. That's a lot of people just love the idea of trying the cheesesteak so it's an experience i love that man i love that okay um well let's let, let's wrap up before we wrap up i want i want to give you a chance to talk to the audience you know um 2024 it's a new year you know people you know kind of rethink about goals and getting out of their comfort zone and um having new expectations for themselves you know talk to the person who feels a little stuck right now you know they're they're just you know you know Kind of what, what you said you were. You kind of felt a little bit just, you know, I don't want to say empty or kind of like, you know, something was missing. Like there's a little itch that you needed to scratch starting your own business, becoming an entrepreneur. Um, obviously, it's not easy. Obviously, it's difficult. But maybe one piece of advice for that person kind of, you know, if they were where, where you were a couple of years ago, <clears throat> any thoughts, recommendations, suggestions, you know, you know and, and it could be anything, not, you know, not even in our space, but in any industry, what are, I don't know, like what are the starting points? One, two, three, what are some things that they can start doing to work themselves out of something that, that they're miserable into more of something where that they would love to be doing? So I would say the first step is trying to figure out what your passion is. And I think the biggest way to figure out what your passion is, at the end of the day, we all have bills that we got to take care of, right? But you have to look at yourself. And if you say, if you were to take the money completely away from the whole aspect of everything, what would, the, what would be the decision of your path that you would want to take? That's how you figure out your passion. Um, because all that other stuff will come, right? Not saying that you're going to be a millionaire, but you got to think about it. Like, there's a reason why teachers do what they do. They don't get paid the best, but they have a passion for it. That's true. So you have to take the money aside and be like, okay, if I don't make this amount of money, what would make me happy? If I get up every single day, I'll do this no matter what I make. And that's the thing is like everything else is a bonus. So like for me, even though it was a struggle, I was getting up every day and doing something that I absolutely love. Fortunately, it's paid off for me, you know, sure. that way too. But it wasn't it wasn't because of that. Because yeah. it, honestly, if I would have stayed in the car business, I would have probably been in the two to three years making a quarter million dollars as a GM. Yeah. But it just wasn't something that was for me at that time anymore. Yeah. So you just have to figure out what that thing is that you really want to do. And just don't give up. That's the biggest thing. You can, you're looking at someone right now that did not give up. I love that. So yeah, that would be my advice. You know, I... I you know, I, I, I really enjoy saying, or I know I, I mentioned this a lot. How do you stop a man that doesn't know how to give up? You can't, bro. Like you will win at some point, yes. whether it was year two or year three for you or year 13. You know, for us, it was, it was about five years. Yeah. 
it was like year four, year five, when we really got some traction and got enough customers, we could pay ourselves something. You know, I mean, it just, it, it took a little while longer than I thought actually. But um, yeah, man, like if you just don't stop, I mean, you know, and listen, if you don't stop, be mindful, get better. I mean, you know, like work on your skills. I mean, like there's some things that you gotta get better at. Like if you're horrible at, I don't know, photography, you know, and 10 years later, you're still bad at it, bro. Like yep. <laughs> something's wrong. Like you've got to get your skills better and collab and get creative and stuff like that. But um, I, that, yeah, like it takes no talent to not give up. Yep. It just takes determination yep. and, and commitment. You know what I mean? Yep. And to touch on two things that you said. Go ahead. Another very important thing is um, comparison is the thief of joy, right? Yes. So I think a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we'll look at somebody else and like, well, they're there. I'm not, why am I not there yet? Yes. You know what I'm saying? So that's a very, like, thing that you have to live in the butt, like, very early and really realize that if God is, if God has it for you, your time is coming. It's all in his timing, right? So Amen. you can't look at somebody else and say, oh, they've grown this amount of time and I've been, I've been grinding, I've been doing this and it's not happening for me yet. You never know when your time is. That's it. So it doesn't matter if it takes you 10 years or 20, you know what I'm saying? Like, you just have to keep grinding because there's no way I knew that this was going to happen in yeah. the time that it did, but you have to keep pushing through it. And then another thing is just like how you said about like collaboration and stuff like that. Also, don't be afraid to learn from someone else because I've learned from people that are like from outside looking in, people look at that I'm doing better than them. But that doesn't mean that they don't have knowledge that I can still use from. 100%. So like Mariah's Taco Spot, she helped me learn how to get better at content. Mm. So you can pull from other people. So your network is your network. So you have to learn to like work with other people. And it doesn't always mean that that person might be, they might not even have a business, yeah. but they might know content. They might not, they might not own a business, but they might know how to manage money. Yes. So you cannot look at someone else as less than because they don't have the things that you have. So you have to find a way to like find right people that can help you in different areas because someone out there has knowledge that you might not know. And you can't always think that you know it all. Yeah, you don't. I mean, and you may be an expert at one thing, but the guy next to you is an expert at something totally different. Absolutely. Um, so I love that. I really love the comparison thing you just said. I, first of all, I, think, I, don't, I don't think that's talked about enough. You're 100% right. Like, you know, it, it, it is like a natural thing to compare, you know, oh, well, look at this guy. Well, he went viral. I didn't go viral. Why did he go viral? I have a better product than he does. Mm -hmm. Why? Like, bro, no. That, that's that's their situation, that's their story. Like, it's okay. Yep. Like, there's enough, and the other, other thing I think sometimes we don't think about is that there's enough for all of us to win. Absolutely. There's enough food, there's there's enough money out there, man. That, I mean, there, like, we don't have to be, you know, putting people down or killing each other or just, bro, we can all eat. Yep. There's plenty. Of, there's plenty of money to be made out there for all of us to do well and take care of our families. Yep. You know, so I think that that's another thing that maybe people think about, where it's like, well, well, because he's doing well, I can't do well. No, who who, who said that? Like, yep. who put that thought in your mind? Yep. You know, so. And there's a perfect example for it out there right now, and even in the fashion industry, you have North Face is a well-known brand. You have Gucci is already a well-known brand. Yeah. They did a collaboration together. They don't need each other. Technically, if you look at their numbers, they really don't need each other. Okay. But they've also seen the key that collaboration is better because now what happens is you have the North Face customer market is now going to look at the Gucci market. Sure. The Gucci customer market is also going to look at theirs. So all they did was basically cross over their clientele, okay. which is better for both of them. 100%. So the same thing works in any business. So you can collaborate with another restaurant, do different things. It doesn't mean that they're going to take away from anything that you have. You have to have that mindset to know that if God has something for you, it's for you. 
and you can still work with other ones, other people, and help each other grow. Yeah. It doesn't always have to be competition. Competition is fun. Yeah. But collaboration is key. If you have companies like that who've been around for years yeah. that don't need each other can collaborate, why can't you as a small small business do it with someone else? Hundred percent. I, I didn't even know about that that, that yeah. collaboration. So, um, bro, this is awesome. I love this. Okay. Um, people can reach out to you. You know your your handles. You know Instagram is is the is the biggest or yes. you know Instagram. Yeah, TikTok. Instagram is our biggest. We have about like 158,000 followers. Okay, on so reach out to these guys on Instagram, TikTok, you know, um, whatever. Come by, try the food. Um, listen, I I thought this was fantastic. Uh, honestly, I think there's so many gems that you just talked about um, throughout the whole thing. You know, punctual, quality, presentation, collaboration, networking. Uh, compare. I mean, like, there's so many things that people can take from this. No matter what space you're in. You can learn from this. You can learn and just become 1% better. Just get a little bit better. And, you know, listen, I think, you know, this is my opinion, but I think when you get better, there's hope because you, you've, you've improved and gotten better and life in general will be better. Like, I think when there's hope, there's more positivity and more, you know, so I want people to be hopeful. I want people to get better at their craft and see kind of a future and get better and make more money and take care of their family. So, um, brother, this was incredible. I appreciate, I appreciate you. Thank you guys so much. You guys got to check out Carlos and his staff at Craven Caribbean. They got Greensboro location now open. If you're in that area, uh, Raleigh, Cary, that area, the, anywhere in the triad, check these guys out. Where, where are you at in Greensboro exactly? Uh, 601 Milner Drive, Greensboro, North Carolina, 27410. And they can order? They can order on our website at cravencaribbean.com. Both locations are on the website, so all you have to do is, is one, one landing page. You just select which location that you're trying to order from. Perfect, perfect. Appreciate you guys. Episode 8, Season 3 in the books. We'll see you guys soon with the next episode. The restaurants you love, the food you crave, and the people that make it all happen. We tell their stories on the Paper Trails podcast with Albemarle Paper Supply.